This week's episode of the Listen In Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Please consider giving us a review on iTunes. It really helps us build the podcast. And uh, plus, you can make fun of us and say whatever you want about us. So that's a perk. Also, follow us on Twitter, at ListenInPod, where we can have fun musical discussions and we'll let you know updates about when the next episodes are coming out and uh, share other musical news. That's pretty much it. Let's go. Listening Podcast, episode 50. It is November 17th, 2016. It's our 50th anniversary, Jake. The golden anniversary. Happy anniversary. If listeners, if you could only see us right now, we have our arms interlinked. We're we're bathed in gold paint right now for our golden anniversary. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> but no, we do have our arms interlinked with champagne flutes in each hand. And we're, we're taking a sip right now for the golden anniversary. We called Shock Jock Jock. He can't come Can't tonight. make it. He is seemingly on a bender. We've not heard from him. We haven't seen hide nor hair. No. The last thing I saw was the tweet about Shocktober with like several <laughs> misspellings. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this, Jake. Did you sure. ever think we would get to episode 50? That's a good question. Um, it depends when you ask me. If you ask me, like, the day we decided to start this podcast, not necessarily. I would have been like, you know, I knew we wanted to do it. We were very serious about it. But I, you can never be sure how long something will last like this and how serious both parties will be. Not that I didn't think you were serious, but you just, you know what I mean? Like, it's hard to gauge yeah. interest and how long you'll be able to sustain it. But if you asked me, like... At episode 25, will you make it to 50? I would have said absolutely yeah. yes. I could tell pretty early on. It didn't take long to real for me to know that I think we were both in it for yes. the long haul and that yes. we wanted to stick with it. And, uh, yeah, it's been a hell of a year. It's interesting that when we started last December, we're wrapping up as we near the end of the year um, with this year's albums, and we're, we're at about 52 will be like a year's worth of, right. of yep. podcasts. So, <clears throat> yep. yeah, big, big accomplishment. Did you think we'd make it? Uh, I think it was the same thing when we first started, maybe not, but as we got going, got more serious about it and, and figured out that we liked it and we're having fun doing it, yes, I, I would say, yeah. Let me ask you this, how many episodes did it take for you to start feeling comfortable on a hot mic? Uh, I think it took until like the 20s, probably. To feel very comfortable? Yeah. Yeah, because I think what happens now is we'll just, you know, I, like I have nothing to say right now and I'm just winging it and like I'll probably Jake, say something stupid you have just figured out what it means to do my job like my actual career job <laughs> when I'm on the phone with clients yeah. when I don't have anything to say yeah. but I am being paid to like tell them what to do Right. that's that's what I do this is what I'm talking about <laughs> in the post show with like exposure for blackmail right. Right. like if someone found that I know. and like used I, that, played I'm, that I'm clip. kidding of course about that like I know what I'm doing I know what I'm talking about when I, when I talk to my clients but it's I'm you know I'm just making light of that he's just kidding clients um but yeah 50 episodes that's uh a half century yeah. a John F Kennedy half dollar that's right you know that's right. Uh, just what else is 50 I can't uh, think of anything else no no that's Wally Serbiak was number 55 55 on the Celtics yeah, that's right that's not right. number 50 uh Mike Vrabel was number Mike Vrabel and now Rob Ninkovich who's just Mike Vrabel I'm convinced that's right it that's right. just is Mike this is Vrabel. not relevant to music listeners no in fact if you're listening to this 
We've, we've made reference to like a bit character that we do. Yep. We've made reference to our golden anniversary and being bathed in gold. I've made weird references to like my job. Maybe we let's dive into some music talk. Let's talk music, and we want to talk about some big news that came out yeah. this week. Yeah, what is that news, Jake? From um, a longtime beloved band to both of us, Fleet Foxes. Um, well, I'll read the announcement here that's on Facebook. It's six hours ago on Facebook. This actually isn't when they announced it, but this is today's announcement. It says, hey, we have two shows happening next year that we are ready to announce. The BBK Live Festival in uh, Bilbao, Bilbao, Spain, yep. and the Vita Festival in Barcelona. Late June, early July. Many more to come worldwide, comma. Our third album is almost done, and we're very, very, very excited. Signed, FF. Wow, I'm really glad that you said comma out loud. Yeah. That was necessary. Well, it's a nice touch, you know, because you want, you want people to understand. the. You, so, know, I, you know how they make fun of Handsome Hank on part of my take for not being able to read? Yeah. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from you. Really? Yeah. Just because I said yeah. comma? Yeah. I, I mean, it was sort of a joke. Okay, okay. Yeah, I oh, don't really... Uh, okay. I don't necessarily Sorry. read punctuation out loud. Okay. Because I skipped over the ellipses that were at the end oh. of the... That were at the end of the message. Okay. But the, the content of the message is more important than its wording, and its content is saying that they're not only touring again, but they have a new album that they're pretty much done. Exciting stuff, because yeah. it's been five years since Fleet Foxes last came out with an album, 2011's Helplessness Blues mm-hmm. on Matador Records. I don't know if that's true. It's Sub Pop, I think. Sub Pop, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's like pretty famously on Sub Pop. <laughs> um, We're off to a, a hot uh, start yeah, on we this are. one. Yeah, we are. So it's been five years, and a lot of things have happened in the music world since 2011 and since they last came out with a record. Mm-hmm. Not only with the band itself, but just musically in general. So if we're talking with the band itself, you got Robin Pecknold going back to school, kind of taking a hiatus from writing music and going on tour. You got Columbia, that's right. Smart guy, kind of a college boy. Yeah, you know, not like us. Just no blue collar guys going to a couple state schools. You know, just you know. I went to a private university, but I went to a state school. Right. But I think UNH is a pretty good reputation. It, great, yes. Good school. Um, but you have Josh Tillman, a.k.a. Father John Misty, breaking off, doing his own thing. Arguably, becoming very famous and more successful, maybe, in his own right than Fleet say, Foxes ever was. I was going to say, arguably eclipsing the fame yeah. of Fleet Foxes. I mean, definitely taking uh, the helm or taking over a spot in popular culture where they were no longer. Right. Because they were kind of absent for five years, and he represented... A totally different take on music than Fleet Foxes ever did. So I have a couple questions for you here. I'd like to hear them. One, is Fleet Foxes still going to be as relevant in the indie music world as they were in 2011 when they come out with this new album? Probably in 2017. I'll give you my answer. I'm going to say yes. Because Fleet Foxes, in my estimation, is not a band whose relevance was... um, their sound wasn't really why they were relevant. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think a lot of people appreciated what they did with their folky sound and like the very earthy harmonies and stuff like that. But they weren't doing anything that was necessarily sonically revolutionary. So it's not like they're going to be a band that's going to end up sounding dated because they've had this uh, lapse in 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 uh, time since they've released an album. The only thing that could happen is if they come out and the songwriting's not there. So that leads perfectly into my next question: Is this third Fleet Foxes LP going to be around the same quality as their first two, um, or do you think we get a drop off? They haven't been around in a while. Do you yeah. think this lives up to the 
high expectations that are undoubtedly going to be there after such a long break. That is so, so hard to say. I mean, I feel like if I had to predict, it would be not as good as Fleet Foxes and Helplessness Blues, but only because, um, partially what you said, it's been so long, and secondly, those two albums set such a high bar. Also, what's happened for me with Fleet Foxes, um, and it's happened as a gradual process, is I heard their first record, loved it, um, and there was this shroud of mystery about who they were, who are these guys. There wasn't much information about them online, really. I mean, I think there must have been a decent amount, but I didn't... You know, I, they were kind of mysterious to me, at least. They sounded like they came forth from the woods and made this music. With the second album, Robin Pecknold was on the cover of uh, Spin. They had feature articles written about them everywhere. They were sort of an it band. <laughs> and that mystery was lifted a little bit. And even though Helplessness Blues is, by all accounts, as good or better, even, like, as far as some people Some would it, say. Uh, than Flea Foxes. I never liked it as much. I liked it a lot. I mm -hmm. would say it's like as good, but I just still prefer Fleet Foxes, and a big part of it's that. So now, it's with uh, Josh Tillman as Father John Misty blowing up, I mean, there's more fame on people involved in Fleet Foxes than ever before. Yeah, this is interesting to me, because we talk about Fleet Foxes a lot. We love Fleet Foxes. They were a big part of us becoming the music fans that we are now, I think. Mm -hmm. We have a big emotional connection with them. A uh, lot of big moments in our life or big, uh, really important times in our life were spent listening to Fleet Foxes. That was kind of the soundtrack to, frankly, a lot of the time that we spent, like, for lack of a better word, growing up. Yeah, yeah, right. And I think a lot of the love that we have for Fleet Foxes or the this mysticism around them is tied to that time in our life. And I think if you look at Fleet Foxes in general in the context of the music industry or indie rock or folk music, I bet a lot of people would say, oh, they're just another good folk band or they're another Maybe. good indie band when for us they're like this other thing. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Is they hold a point of real prominence, at least in our memory, and in terms of they probably are disproportionately important they to are. us. Yeah. But they were with both those records incredibly acclaimed. Yes. Both were widely loved, except I think NME gave <laughs> Helplessness Blues a four out of ten. Which they, is just an all time coming in from the rafters. And they tape. probably gave like an, uh, an Oasis demo CD, like a 9.5 yeah, out of 10. they gave the new, like, Noel Gallagher EP a 9. Yeah. And said, like, he hasn't lost a step. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there. Well, I lost I my think, train of thought completely. I, I think what I'm... That's what a 50 episodes will do to you, Sean. That's right. Golden it'll, anniversary. It'll, it'll golden just, showers. That, you know, we, should, <laughs> we shouldn't have bathed in, in, <laughs> in gold paint before this <laughs> A lot episode. of fumes. No, but what I'm saying about Fleet Foxes, and I love them, I think with this long break, we've gotten a chance to kind of take a step back from Fleet Foxes, listen to a lot of other stuff this decade, yep. and be like, you know what? Fleet Foxes, they fit in really nicely with a lot of the other stuff we listen to, but maybe they're not this be-all, end-all that we used to think they are, and I think I have a little bit more of a tempered expectation and tempered excitement for this new album, like, I'm not overjoyed at this. I'm, I'm like, oh, cool, a Fleet Foxes album. Like, that'll be, uh, like, I'm excited to listen, but it's not going to recapture that feeling that we had before, I think, 
It it's going to be a different thing when we listen to LP3 Fleet Foxes. It can't realistically. And here's something. This Makes me sad a little bit. Me too. I think that it's that is very specific to us, though. Mm. I think for the average music fan who happens to love Fleet Foxes, this is really exciting news. Here's one, one thing. This is going to be great radio. I'm going to show Sean this picture. Everyone check out the Fleet Foxes Facebook that. page. Yeah. They shared as their cover photo. It's like this. It looks like a giant... Looks like it's maybe in a river or it's on a volcano. Is it a volcano? It is. Yeah, I read it. it it's was, a huge eruption, basically. It's like a volcano. His picture was taken in like the '60s in uh, Japan or something like that. I think. Okay. Do you now? What do you think this is? Uh, if it's an album cover or alluding to an album cover, I'm all in on it. I really like this as an album cover because this would be quite a departure from their look. Yeah. They've had like their past two album covers have been like this kind of folksy art. It's like, Earthy yeah. sort of vibe, yeah, like weird hippie-ish. Slash. But the, you know, what? for for anyone who has seen the picture, I think that also kind of ties in with Fleet Foxes. Like that image works, yeah. In a thi- way, this right, this reminds me of like sort of. It's like more explosive though, right? I mean, literally, but something. It's more violent. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the the imagery of this is more violent than either of the other two album covers. Um, and it's tech, even though it's a huge image that's taking up a lot of, like, there's a lot to look at, there's less going on. It's sort of right. it's sort of a departure in terms of, like, and it's a picture. Right. Whereas the others are, one's, like, it looks like medieval art. Right. The other one. I think it literally is. I think that is, like, an old medieval painting. Yeah, which added to the general vibe right. that that album <clears throat> was dropped into the woods somewhere. But this one would be kind of a departure. This reminds me of, like, that Volcano Choir album cover. Yes. With the tones, the yeah. deep blues and grays. Yeah. Anyways, we'll get away from this because it's uh, not great podcasting to describe no, not visual great images. Fodder. No, it's not. You know, if we had like a video podcast, yeah. if we had a vlog, mm. this would be prime, prime. For Maybe that. episode one hundred and fifty. We get on the vlog. We do a vlog. vlog? People can see our pretty faces. Sean vlog. It's not a word that rolls off the tongue. <laughs> no, it's not. Because you don't even, you barely use your tongue. Well, no, vlo- yeah, a lot of Vlog, L there. yeah. So anyways, big news from, so, from yeah, our Fleet boys. So yeah, Fox is coming in 2017. 2017 is already shaping up to be a big year. It is. Big friend of the pod. Listen, it's 2017, big friend of the pod, it Jake. Is. We hope. Listeners, keep your eyes and ears peeled for a 2017 preview episode. We will be dropping that on your ass towards the end of this year, or into early 2017. That's right. Um, and that will be what after or before the all the end of this year. It episodes? will be after. We'll do that after. after. We'll save that for after. Yeah, Sounds good. it'll be after all the end of the year stuff, and we'll look ahead to twenty uh, seventeen. Exciting stuff. So, did you have anything else on Fleet Fox? No, that that was it. I think uh, this is a good. Speaking of twenty sixteen, yeah, uh, what we wanted to do leading up to our end of the year episodes was continuing to. Talk about our re-listening experience and our thoughts on some of the albums of 2016 as we go back to revisit them. Yeah. I know you and I have both been listening to a lot this past week. We have. Um, We've been taking a trip into the Wayback Machine, a trip down memory lane through the annals of 2016. Yep. Um, And And I have a few questions for you based on what you've re-listened to recently. Go ahead. The first one is how how did you like that teen suicide album when you went to revisit it cuz it's long it's like okay. it's like for anyone who doesn't know it's like this lo-fi 
kind of pop but also electronic album. It's like pop slash electronic slash emo slash lo-fi. Yeah. Um, all slash lo-fi. An, an hour eight in length. It's long. It's by Teen Suicide. The album's called It's the Big Joyous Celebration. Let's Stir the Honey Pot. Um, almost read the comma in there, but I wouldn't want to do that again. No, hell no. Given the, the flack I cut That's earlier. Right. Um, so, yeah, there were moments that I really enjoyed again um, on this Teen Suicide album. But overall, it's kind of a lot to it listen is. to. Yeah. It's too long. And you know what? It's I didn't like it as much as I hoped I was going to looking back. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't. Um, there are some songs that are still great. Like, it's just a pop song. Yeah. It's my um, favorite from that album. Yeah, and there's a there's a bunch of really cool songs on there. The problem is at 26 tracks and 68 minutes, there's too many songs for me at least yes. that blend in with the poorly recorded acoustic guitar yep. and him going suave, 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 <laughs> that kind of singing. I'm not even like there's there's a time and place for that type of singing, but if you're gonna do an album that's as long as like Sandinista and Views put together, <laughs> it's such you, a stretch. It's it's shorter than both those albums. <laughs> yeah. But if you're gonna put together a really long album, I think you need a little more variance, in my opinion. I but agree. I still I agree. enjoyed parts. I was a little disappointed because I expected, in looking back, that this would be an album where I always expected at the end of the year I'd be like that one's gonna sort of like fly up the rankings right. late. It probably isn't gonna happen. For no. Me. So I had a similar experience with Teen Suicide's other project, mm-hmm. Julia Brown. Yeah. It's the same shit. I listened again. I was like, you know what? This album will it'll I'll like it more with a little, you know, a little more time with it under my belt, and I'll, I'll like it more. I listened again today. I was bored as shit listening to it. I was like, I can't wait for this to be over because you're right. It's the same thing. It's like that lo-fi, blah blah blah. Yeah, like that kind of shit over and over. I'm like, like there was a couple songs I liked. There's a time and place for it. And when I, I also re-listened to that one today, I listened to both that and Teen Suicide in a row. So actually, to be fair, which to- one's better? What do you think? Teen Suicide. Teen Suicide's better. But yeah. when I listened to Julia Brown, because of how low you had been on it and how you'd been texting me that you weren't loving it, I think I liked it more, a bit more. just by, like, you set a low bar. Right. Because I, I had listened to it before. Right. Rapid Fire, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. So it appears that you re-listened to the Wild Nothing album. Yeah. Life of Pause. Yeah, yeah. And that's one where I listened, but I didn't listen much, and I'm undecided as to whether I should re-listen. Should I re-listen? Listen again. Okay. This is a listen again. This album got... Guarantee. ...got caught up in... I think it was a stretch of a lot of albums coming out at one time. Yeah. And going into the year, I'd been really excited about Wild Nothing. And when it came out, it didn't immediately resonate. It didn't totally blow me away. So I listened a decent amount and never really went back to it. I went back recently, some fresh years. It's, I I like it about as much, but I had it in my head that it wasn't very good. That's not totally accurate. It's a good album. Okay. It's not as good as the, as the first two albums in the discography. As Gemini and Nocturne. Those are great, great dream pop records. This one, a little bit more polished. The songwriting isn't as good. Yeah. But it's still an enjoyable album. If you like Wild Nothing, if you like that, that sound, there's some things to like on there. Give it a re-listen. Because the thing is, is I listened to that, um, honestly, twice. Give it a re-listen. Not many times. It's worth it. And given all the albums we've listened to, 
I, I want to say, in all honesty, I fully forget it at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. I honestly a, think I really, truly forget Like, it. I couldn't tell you what each track sounds like, but when I was right. re-listening, I was like, oh, yeah, like, this is actually a cool part of this song, or, like, this okay. song's really good. Give it a re-listen. Okay. You're, what's your What's your next question? My next question for you is about Deacon's album, yep. Sleep Cycle. So Deacon's yep. a member of Animal Collective. Animal Collective also came out with a record this year that I'm not even going to bother re-listening to because I don't think it's very good. I'm not especially interested, though. Did Deacon make the best Animal Collective album of the year? Yeah. But I don't think the bar was that high. Yeah. And I like but don't love the Deacon yeah. record. Yeah. I think yeah. it's... It's good. There's some interesting stuff. My favorite song is probably that first track. Yep. I don't even know what it's called, and I'm not going to do it much service <laughs> right. talking about it right now. <laughs> right. But, I mean, I gave it my first listen in months yesterday, and it was enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and that's the problem with doing this type of exercise, going back and giving each of these, like, one, maybe two listens again, is, like, it's not going to make all the songs stick again. No, it's not. And I have to kind of go on my what, gut. What these are good for... Is it's a gut check. If you yeah, it is. If you go back and re-listen and you're like, oh wait a minute, you know what? I didn't spend enough time with this. Yeah. I'm gonna get this into the rotation a little bit before I make my end of the year list and you can get a better sense. But if you go back and you listen, you're like, nope, that's exactly what I thought about it, you know like yeah. I don't need to give this more listen. And I'm doing it basically to calibrate the yes. way I feel. Me too. So me too. There are some albums I pretty well know I'm not interested in revisiting, but there are some where it's kind of in between. Yeah. And Deacon was one where I liked it enough back when it came out that I thought, this is one I'll revisit, you know, and, and we'll see how I feel then. And I did yesterday or a couple days ago. And, like, again, it's pretty good. I like some of the stuff he's doing. Um, I just think that there's something sort of stale about Animal Collective. Agree. Totally agree. Right totally agree. And that's kind of what I was talking about with Fleet Foxes earlier. It's like, does this... Like, even though... That sound, that Animal Collective sound, yeah. hasn't necessarily gone out of style. Right. Other people are kind of doing that, but like, is it stale that they're still doing it? It's a good question. And is that going to happen with Fleet Fox? I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I'm worried about. It. I don't want it to. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe what it is is like Animal Collective. I think they're a little past their prime. Yeah, as, a little bit. As songwriters. But but I'll say this to answer your initial question. I do think Deacon is the better of those two albums. Okay. Here's my next question. We both have re-listened to Moth by Chairlift. Is that yeah. an album we both grossly underrated? We did a little bit. We underrated right. it a little bit. Yeah. Now, here's what happened. We talked about this the other day. A great thing to say on a podcast. I love when we say that. <laughs> I do, too. And you know what? We discussed this the other day. The <laughs> listeners are like, I don't give a shit what you talked about the other day. <laughs> This is the matter. only frame of reference I fucking have. I wasn't there the other day. <laughs> I'm not privy to your text messages. I say that like four or five times an episode. Yeah, I know. Um, so what ended up happening was Chairlift came out on the same day as that Savages album. Adore Life. And I've yet to re-listen. I did. I liked it less. <laughs> Not, not great. So what ended up happening with me was I was listening to Chairlift and Savages like back and forth for about a week. I remember doing the same thing. And I was this like, is I, January, by the way. Yeah. And I was like, I got to listen to all these. You know, I got to get listens in on both. And in my brain, I just wrapped the two of those together. And I was like, ooh, Savages isn't, I don't love it. And then my brain was also like, well, you don't love Chairlift either. Yeah. And I never revisited either of them. I just kind of put them away. I went back, I listened to Chairlift, 
There's a lot of good songs on there. There are. It's it's really catchy synth pop with a lot of good songs. Like Crying in Public's a really good song. Romeo is a really catchy song. Ching. Ching is a really catchy song. Um, I might do try- it. Yeah. Do I'm mean, trying to sneak in another listen to that. Yeah. Um, just out of enjoyment. Yeah. And um, so I, when I listened back, I was pleasantly surprised by that chairlift album. If that might have slipped under people's radars, that came out in January. So it's not like, I mean, mid November right now. People aren't thinking about albums that came no. out that long ago. And that's the thing. Especially ones that weren't like acclaimed to begin with. Right. And that's why it's good to do this because in a year in review type thing, Stuff from January came out basically a year ago now. Right. So it's, you know, it could easily be swept under the rug. So that's why I'm glad I revisited it because I was like, you know what? I like this album more than I thought. I do too. I will temper I that a little bit. I say I love it. No, no, no. I, and I'm going to temper it a little bit. There's a few songs in there that I'm like, I don't want to listen to this at all. There's like, is it the one after? Like, I, like the first one's kind of forgettable. Like there's one or two towards the end that I'm just like, eh. And the, but there's it's there's a good chunk in the middle where I'm like that's awesome that's really good yeah. that's catchy, good album overall. Some good playlist songs on there. Very good playlist songs. Okay, here's another one for you, Jake. Camp Cope. This is a yeah. band that I fell in love with back in July. You introduced me to them. You're like, I think you might like this. I okay. listened and I was like, this is my wheelhouse, dude. This yeah. is like female lead singer. Indie rock, just straight up sound with like emotionally resonant lyrics. That's Sean Wheelhouse right there. Sure. Loved it. Listened a ton. It's going to be maybe a top 10 album of the year for me. I know you were a little bit lower on it than I was. Sure. You re listened to it. Have your thoughts on this changed at all? They're about the same. Okay. Um, and it's interesting you bring up that I introduced it to you. I'm glad you said it because the other day when I was listening, um, I had that thought. I was like, "Did I?" Was because it, does it? Did I bring it up to Sean? Aren't you like this is a Sean album? Like this is very much yeah. so. But I had a brief memory of like I think I remember telling him, "Check this you, out. I feel yeah. like you'd like it." And I didn't dare bring it up because I was like, right. "If he forgot that, that will seem like kind of a dick, <laughs> passive aggressive thing to say." <laughs> did like, I introduce didn't this I album? Of, you love? Did I sort of tip this off to you? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, my opinion of it is basically the same. Um, I still enjoy. A fair amount of it. Um, it's not going to be probably close to a top ten for me type of album. Um, it, it, nothing to dislike on right. on the album though. I mean, I really like the the passion that the yep. the vocalist in the band comes to it with. Um, really like that it's a three piece punk band with all female members. I think that's a really cool way to go about things. Um, from Australia. From Australia. Uh, and like I like a lot of songs, and I think "Flesh and Electricity" is one that's always stood out to me. I don't know why that's always been one of my favorites. Love uh, "Lost" season one. Lost season one. Um, uh, West Side, especially since we now live on the West Side. Just the lyrics in that one really seem to hit me in that time and place. So that one, that song gets me. Yeah, and that's so funny to think that album seems like it came out so long ago, but that was like July. July. It was July. Right, and we were here already. We were already. I think in... it was already out. I think it came out in June, but we started right. listening we, in July. When we started, we were already at the house. Yeah. Wow. Well, Okay. Um, yeah, so I think that it has pretty much stayed the course. Okay. I liked it about as much. Okay. And that's a pretty boring take, but yeah. I think that's about where I, it's at. I'm really, really excited to listen again and yeah. kind of figure out where that's going to fall for what, me. What are your thoughts on, on, on uh, Song for Charlie or Charlie's Song or whatever? Is that the last one? Yeah. I think it's the weakest on the album. Yeah. It, it's, it, it fell into the trap that a lot of albums did this year. I'm trying to think of another example, and I can't. I think Mitski is an example. 
where the most boring or my least favorite track is the longest. Yeah, and that's right. true of the song "Song for Charlie." Like whatever, it's fine. I can feel sort of the emotion that's trying to get across. I feel like it could be like a two and a half minute song. Agreed. It's this sort of like three chord song, sort of acoustic strumming, and it's like on Mitski. I can't remember the name of that song. I know uh, you're Crack Baby. Yeah. Um, it's by far my least favorite, and it's the longest by like two minutes. Right. Um, it's a common trap to look out Mitsuki's for. Mitski's going to be an interesting one to revisit. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. To I haven't done that. that one yet. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited really... for Camp Cope and Mitski. Those are coming up soon for me. Um, do you have a? Do you have another? Yeah, one for yeah. Me? Let me look. Oh, I have. I have a good one. Um, oh, I have two potential ones. Okay. How many we'll, more rounds are we doing? Wait, I got one more question for you. So we'll hammer out a few more rounds. Um, you re-listened today to Isla by Kevin Gates. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, oh, yeah, I did. I re-listened to that a couple months ago. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, Dude, this is this is a fun album. Kevin Gates is like a Louisiana Dude, like, rap, Baton Rouge rapper, like drug dealer rapper. Yeah, and he's pretty cool. Really, really uh, two phones, hard four. These are some awesome hooky. I say really, really. These are some awesome hooky rap songs that have ended up in our rotation. What did you think of the whole album? It so it, I I like it. About the same, maybe even a little bit more than I did at first, actually. This one that is maybe getting a little end-of-the-year bump from me. Okay, cool. This album is so much fun. It's not the most highbrow rap album. This isn't like a Kanye West type of rap album. This is even like a Drake album. This this is a fun, hook-filled, I'm rapping about like dealing drugs, like having sex with girls... Just how he'd say it. Dude, yeah, yeah, dude. There was one song on there, I forget what it's called, but it was one of the most vile rap songs I've ever heard. They, I was listening to it at work, I'm like, holy shit. Oh, I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. I think I know which one you're talking yeah. about. And, uh, you know, just really, really comes on. It's the second track on there. I said really, really. Two Phones. Two Phones is great. These songs are so goddamn catchy. There's so many hooks on here. Yeah. The thing is, he's a good rapper, and he can also s- kind of sing. He yeah. sings these hooks. It's really enjoyable. Now, the thing is, it's a little too long. Sure, yeah. Cut this down by like 15 minutes, and you have a much better album. Let me ask you this. What is the obsession with rappers and hour-plus-long albums? I don't know. What's the fucking deal? I don't know. I feel like they kind of, in their mind, they're like, I have to... Do this much output? I don't know. It's too much. It's do too a long. fucking half an hour. Who cares? And you know what, Sean? They're probably thinking, you know what demographic I need to pander to more? The like <laughs> hipster white podcasters from New Hampshire who are packing in 150 albums a year and want this to be shorter. In fact, Kev- Kevin Gates is probably listening to this episode as we speak from the trap house. Right be, now. How funny would it be if I always thought this was live? I don't understand <laughs> that. Like he can't be listening right now. Also, to that point about listening from the trap house. He is constantly talking about being in the trap house. I don't know what and that like, is. And like the trap house is jumping and eating like chicken in the trap house. Like that what, what is the trap house? It's like a drug dealer house. Got you. Okay. Yeah. It's Got like you it. deal drugs from this house. Okay. At least that's what I think. So, you know, I'm sure our like racially diverse listener base will prove me wrong. I hope they do. But I hope they try I think in. that's what it is at least. But really fun album. It's a little too long. But if you want, like, a hook-filled rap album, check out Kevin Another Gates. awesome playlist album. Dude. There's three, four Big songs times. on there that, Big that time. sound awesome yes. on, like, a playlist at a party. Here's a question for you, Jake. 
You I listen. You re listened to Life of Pablo, Kanye I did. West. Yeah, I did. This was one that I also re listened to. Yeah. And was excited, but also a little nervous about re listening mm -hmm. to. I think I like it more now. I think I have a better appreciation for it as the dust has kind of settled on it, and I've gone back to re listen. What What do you think? I like it more. Yeah. I like it. It's more than a little bit more, actually. Yeah. I like it a decent amount more, and I think what I realized what it is is that we did one of our track-by-track -track mm. breakdowns of this album when it came out, and the problem with doing something like that is that when you look at a Kanye West album, I mean, and also the album has changed since then. St. Pablo is now on it, which is a cool song, mm, mm -hmm. um, and other songs have been edited, yep. like Wolves. Yep. Um, but if you look at it track-by-track... And you're taking notes on every song. You're like, okay, I like this about this one. Don't like this about Wolves. I like this about Silver Surfer or whatever. You it, a wavy dude. You a wavy dude. We all we wavy. Shout out to Max B. <laughs> um, when you do that, there's a lot of the little sort of inconsequential tracks that when you're doing a breakdown where every track given equal playing field to like to critique... It, it adds up. You think like there's all these songs of no consequence that I don't like. When you when you sit and listen to this album without having to really listen closely to every track and try to like take detailed notes, what you find is that it actually flows better than mm, I ever thought. It does because Way the better. skits are not that big a deal. No. I remember being really kind of critical and picking apart like well, you could get rid of the Silver Surfer thing. You could get rid of you know any of that stuff. The like the I love Kanye thing. Mm. Um, it, but really, they're a minute or shorter. They don't yeah. end up adding up to that much. And there's a lot of really good songs on here. You know what I got more appreciation for was the songs that are towards the end, like Fade. Yeah. Uh, 30 Hours. Yep. Even Facts. I was like, oh, shit. Like, Facts is still down there for me, to be honest. But I like it a little more than I used to. It's still down there for yeah. me, but I was like, you know what? Okay, I can, I can get down with this a little bit. Right. Yeah, I, and so I think... That's what it is. It, like I, I needed to take time off from it. I think I hadn't listened in a long time, and the thing is, is like, is it his best album? No, no. no. Is but it his third best? No, probably not. It's still, a, actually, a really good album. Yeah. When you really break it down, like song by song, and just experience it, without. I mean, that was early in the going for us. We were a couple yeah, it was months like in March. And I March. Think, I think it was April. Our f other than, did we do? We didn't do a track by track for Bowie. No. Nope. So I think that was our it was first a, I think it big was. one. I think it was. And so I think we wanted to make it, quote unquote, good. Yeah. And we wanted to nail it. And we wanted to have notes. And we wanted to have really listened. So I probably listened 10, 12 times in, a, in the span of a couple days. If, if there's something we've learned being on episode 50, I think as much as those track-by-track track episodes resonate with people and as much as people seem to like them, it's maybe not the best way to look at an album critically well, or just, to really break it down. Well, it's I think not the, the best Bonnie, way for us to enjoy them. Yeah, I think the Bonnie Vare review and some of the other ones we've done recently where we didn't necessarily do track by track, we just kind of talked about it, flowed better and was more enjoyable for us. Well, something as short as Bonnie Vare, we were able to get through everything anyways. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not a natural way to do it. And for reference, if you're listening and you're like, I don't know what they're talking about, these track-by-track track reviews being popular, they just have more listens on average. We just get, you, like, we can see these stats, and it's, you, we can tell that more people listen to those. I, I don't know if that yeah. is it's just something that is more interesting or whatever seems more accessible. But, yeah, I think that, actually, the Kanye album, um, 
It's not called that. It's called The Life of Pablo. <laughs> it's going to get a decent bump for me, um, I think, in my end of year rankings. Yeah. One more question for you. Sure. Um, you have now also, as I had last week, um, it's a weird way to talk. Yes. I feel like I'm like Voldemort or something. <laughs> like some villain. Harry Potter, you have now listened as I had last week. It's like a priest. It's, yeah. it's like reading from the Bible. Yeah. Um, you've now listened to Dive Again. Yes. Is the Azar. Yes. I gave some of my thoughts about that album last week. I said it. I like it better. I do too. It's really good. Yeah. To your point, still a little long. It could do with three or four songs of editing. Yeah. But I went back and I listened. I was like, shit, this is one of the better albums I've re-listened to this so far. It's going to make a little noise in the end of the year rankings. It's going to be up there. It's not going to be top 10. Mm-hmm. might not even be top 15. But it's going to be in the conversation. It's really good. Yeah, I agree. I think it has potential. It's definitely... It's like vying for... A top 25 spot. It is. And and if it gets there, it's like a plucky six seed in the yeah. playoffs. Yes. You know, who Absolutely. knows? If I, if I give Absolutely. it another listen and I'm liking it enough, it could get up there. And like that's the thing about this is like this is one of that I want to listen to again. Or yeah, like, yeah, right. Yeah, I want to listen again. Last question, quick hitter for you: What's the best album that you've re-listened to so far over the past couple weeks? Okay, um, let me just scan through them really quick. Uh, I think my favorite that I have re-listened to is Frankie Cosmos. Next thing, that's the one that's going to probably be highest for me. After that. Um, and for reference, I've only re-listened. I'm, I'm strictly doing the ones I've re-listened to, and that's only 17 albums so mm-hmm. far for me. Mm-hmm. For you, it's what, 30? 30, about. So yeah. we're actually a ways off from one another. Yeah. I, still have, I still have to do some more. But um, right now it's Frankie Cosmos. Then, honestly, maybe uh, Big Thief, Masterpiece. May, uh, and I don't know what else would be around there. Probably, um, honestly, you know which one I really, really like is Half Wave. I gotta, I gotta re-listen to Probable that. Probable Depths. I have sneaky listened to that a lot this okay. year, actually. Okay. That's a really enjoyable album. Kanye, Kanye's gonna take a bump, but I think if I'm giving it to one, it's Frankie. And the reason is, right now, even though I know I have to be allocating time to re-listening to albums, I've listened to that one. Like you want to listen more? That's three, a, that's four a, times that's a, in the past week. That's a great sign. Yeah, that's a great sign. What that's, about you? That's, that's probably mine too. Although I did get a listen in of Modern Baseball Holy Ghost today, which I know we've had a lot yeah. of conversations about. Ooh, that should have been my question. That might actually be. The favorite. Okay, for quick me, hitter it's... question back to you. Yeah. Not a question. This is a. This is a. Uh, I'm telling you what to do. Okay. So it's not a question. But recount your re-listen to modern baseball today because we yeah. talked about that. Yeah, we talked about it last week. week. We said, "Ooh, I don't know if we're feeling this as much." Um, re-listen today. I was feeling it. I was in the mood. I was mm-hmm. in the car. It's a great car listening album. Put it on, and I was really caught up in it. Brought me back to that time and place when we were listening. Felt a lot of the same emotions. Um, you felt some stuff. Felt some stuff with it, which I think when you're looking at a best album of the year, it's hard for an album like that to sustain the entire time because it burns bright and then it kind of goes out for a bit. But this listen really helped me remember why I love it so much. And it did a lot for propelling it back into that conversation for album of the year. I'm not saying it is the album of the year. It's still wide open, but it really solidified itself as an, uh, an album that deserves to be there. Yeah. So be looking out for that one. I look forward to my re-listen. Me too. There. Me too. So that was for both of us. That was the consensus number one at the halfway mark. Yes, for both of us. So yep. it'll be interesting to see 
where that stands. It'll also be interesting to see what we do with December albums because yeah. I'm just thinking now there's some out al- there are probably some albums that are coming gonna come out in December. Probably. And we'll I hope see. we don't miss too many of them. Is that yeah. old is the new old gray album a December release? Ooh, I don't know. It's a good question. I've liked it. It's some a good of question. the stuff that Yeah, me too. So me too. Me too. Big shout Cam, friend of the pod. Big friend of the pod. Uh, do you so, have anything else? No, that about does it, I think. Um yeah, so we'll probably maybe fit one more episode in where we kind of keep previewing our end of the year stuff. But other than that, stay tuned for our best of end of the year episodes. Thanks, everybody. See ya. And uh, and we're talking into it. Okay. That's just the bottom line. Okay. That's just what's happening Good. right now. Um, can we let's not do a Trump elect post election woe is us nope. episode. Moving on. We're moving on. It's gonna be okay. We're gonna be all right. Yeah. Yeah. We hope. Yeah. We hope. We hope. We hope. That's all we can do. I mean, we the, the thing <laughs> is like all we know is. All we've ever known is being okay. It's true. So, and it actually is why it's funny when people are like, yeah, things work out. The only reason we think that, as like us, is that in our life, everything's worked out. The moment something doesn't work out really poorly for you, it's like, well, that's the time it didn't Yeah, work but out. also, I think we underestimate how, like, humans' ability to just cope with things. Right, yeah. And even if you're in a really shitty situation, I bet if you were asked about, like, what is the quality of your life? People would be like, eh, it's it's like okay, it's like pretty decent. much it's fine. All, rungs, it's fine. all rungs of the yeah, society. Because I think ladder. you just get used to it. You do. You don't know the difference. It's like, for example, it's like someone who was born blind. Yeah. Like their quality of life is not any better or worse than yours. But they wouldn't. They, they don't because they don't know the. But difference. they don't view it that way. Right. Neither do deaf people. That's right. actually a big faux pas is to say that. Be like, oh, I'm sorry. It's like, why? Yeah. Don't be sorry. Like, like this is just my life. This is how I perceive it, and yeah, that's yeah. who I am, and it's fine. Right. But if tomorrow, like, one of our entire families died and we lost all our money and our job and somehow everything went wrong, like, things didn't really work out. Things went shitty that time. Yes. You know what I I mean? Like, if if in the course of a couple weeks some really substantial things went very, very wrong (laughs) and you were like, your quality of life diminished by several orders of magnitude... I feel like then it would be like that that old sort of truism doesn't hold true That's here. true. But also at the same time I think if you have any like if you are in any way optimistic about your life, right. I think to not just fall into a depression and go insane, you have to be like this is going to turn around. This is going to be okay. Let me ask you and this. eventually you just be like, you know what? Things are fine like I'm a little worse off, but I'm still alive. I'm I you know, it's I'm doing okay. Here's here's my question for you. I sometimes think I'm a pessimist, but I don't know if that's true. I don't. Do you think that we are pessimists? I feel like we have a similar worldview. And a I think similar... we're cynical. I think we're cynical people, but I don't think right. that necessarily makes us pessimists. Because right. I actually think, for the most part, we look for the positive side of things. And I the think good we in look people. for the good in people. I wouldn't necessarily... Think, I think we're more cynical than we are pessimistic. Yeah, I'd agree. I would, I would yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I posed the question, because I was just thinking, I was like, oh, I'm kind of a pessimist. I was like, yeah, 
I'm not really. Maybe not. No. I'm not really. Kind of pragmatic. We can always count on you to like look to to chime in with the good quality in someone. In fact, it's the it's the thing that annoys most people about yeah. me is that I like almost to a fault can't not right. do that. Right. About anyone. Right. I mean, uh, Hitler. <laughs> there are people I could, right. I could like. Although I'd be like, you know, he was a vegetarian. <laughs> I cared about animals. He didn't eat meat. <laughs> you know, but. <laughs> Sounds like he and I have a couple things in common. We both hate Jews. <laughs> Just get strike that from the record. Holy shit! <laughs> that was that was a joke. Right. A that was a joke for yeah. anyone listening. That's you know what's gonna happen. You know, it'd be really funny if in like 20, 25 years, I'm running for like. So some like for president town office or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Alderman, someone. Someone tracks this City podcast clerk. down. Oh, we've said a lot of fucked up stuff on here, but they track they track that down. They do a crude editing job, and it just they get that little sound bite oh from my it. God. They bury my whole campaign. You know what? It wouldn't take much. And I've thought about that before. It's like, in terms of exposure for blackmail, we're just laying it all out mm, there. Mm-hmm. You can blackmail, dude. We've said some shit. I don't even know all the stuff we've said. I know some truly morbid. They'd be stuff. like, oh, you got you talked about like jerking off your friend. Like, before and after the podcast. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? How do you expect to win this campaign if, if, you, have <laughs> nothing, like, if you have nothing more in your mind than these prurient activities? We're, like, going for a new job in, like, two years. They're like, well, we did a little... We did just, just the barest amount of background research. And you're talking about, like, hating a whole subset of people. What's and, this? What's and, this? like, jerking people off. Like, what? how can you represent our company? You're like, well, you got a good point. But I think about that all the time. I'm like, you know, like, even stuff that's not that messed up, it's like, there's a lot of information about just both of us. Yeah, yeah. Just that we're putting on the internet to be listened to. Yeah. I mean, people, like, you could probably, if you took the 50 episodes, big, big uh, landmark. Yep. If you were to take the 50 episodes and, like, piece together every piece of context you have about us, I bet you could figure out, like, where we live, pretty close yeah. to oh. maybe the street. Or to the where in the city. Oh, yeah. You can figure out, like, who we date, yep. who our families are, piece some of that together with Facebook, and yep. you're really cooking with gas. Yeah. You are starting to put together, uh, what's that show on MTV? Full identity profile. <laughs> yeah, what's that show? Catfish. You're about to catfish someone with our identity. You know what? You're about I'd be, to steal our Can I be identity. honest with you? Yeah. I'd be a little flattered if someone made a catfish. I would, too. I really would be. <laughs> I would be really flattered. I'd be more flattered than mad. Than, than mad? Than oh, mad. I thought you said than Matt. And I was like, which Matt do no, we no, know? No, no, more flattered than, than upset. I would too. I'd be like, ooh, like people are, oh. are co-opting my, per- my identity yeah. as like a, a substitute for their own ooh. because of their own frailties and, inco- <laughs> and, uh, and uh, insecurities. Hmm. Huh. I don't hate that. I, it doesn't make me feel bad. <laughs> Could you imagine being catfished or catfishing someone? What, how, it's one of those things where it's like one of, on that show My Strange Addiction. Or, like, th- like, there's these people who, like, there was one lady who on that show, her addiction was drinking piss. <laughs> she would, not only would she drink piss, she would bathe in piss. And she would, like, do, you know those eyedropper things for saline? Yeah. She would do that no. with piss. Oh, God. Do all of it with her own urine. The fuck? And she'd walk around with, like, a, like a mason jar. She's, like, kind of a hurtsy lady. She'd walk around with, like, this mason jar sipping her own piss. Um, how do you get to the point... <laughs> Where, like, something like that, where, like, you're making 
20 fake accounts <laughs> for a person in their family and like catfishing people at what point are you like do you not realize this is very wrong and you are a truly warped individual um I think you do realize it yeah like but it feels good so you it don't does, care yeah, yeah. Have you watched My Strange Addiction, by the way? I try not to. Those things make me really uncomfortable. Like, even just you telling me this lady was eye-dropping piss into her eyes. She was, dude. Like, makes me squirm. You know what I'm talking about? Those things... Oh, I know like... what you're talking about. Yeah. It's fucked. It... What negative effects did this have on her body, by the way? <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't remember. Because what... those are the things that always freak me out. They're like, yeah, I, like, drink gasoline, uh, like, 24 hours a day. And it's like, what? They're like, I, I have, I have like, stomach ulcers. It's like, you're lucky you're not fucking dead. I love it. There's the people who, like, there's one guy who eats couches. <laughs> like, eats the, like, cushion. There was another dude who eats glass. Okay. There is, that one's comical. There's, like, a Mad Libs waiting to be done with My Strange Addiction. It's like, pick uh, an object. Yeah. Pick a verb with that object. Yeah. And that's your strange addiction. Seriously. Anyways, I, you know, all that stuff. I don't know how we got there. What uh, were we talking about? Uh, catfishing. Catfishing. Someone catfishing as us. Yeah. And then yeah. I started talking about drinking piss. <laughs> Which, you know what? It's sterile, so you may as well drink it as the only thing you drink. No, but if you drink enough of your own piss, it becomes not sterile anymore oh, because it's too much. I think that's what they told her. Yeah. <laughs> like, you she, don't know that. That's like piss drinking 101. She became like, right, I know. That's day one piss drinking. It is. That. You know what? It's even before that. It's like That's the right. first hour of the first like That's class, right. first right. first part. I don't know, man. Well, I, I thought I had water over here. I don't. Dude, I'm all you know, you know what's later. fitting? It's our fiftieth episode. It's the golden anniversary. We're talking like golden golden showers. We are. So it's fitting. Golden showers, like that Beatles song. That's not called that. No, no, it's not. All right, ready to dive in. Yeah, <clears throat> I think we covered a, a good swath of offensive things. <laughs> yeah, we did. That wow. Was, uh, you know, we always just go off the rails. This was no different. We went on an odyssey. We did. We we went through through piss drinkers lane and back. Yes, we did. That's not a real place. Okay, I'm ready. Three. Wait, hold on, really quick. Okay. Do we have an actual agenda? Did we type anything in there? No. Okay, good. No, okay. I think we know what we're generally talking about. It's like right? two things. Yeah, pretty much two basic things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. <laughs> 